Today is Exaudi Sunday, the Sunday after the Ascension, and the Gospel reading appointed for this day is taken from the 15th and 16th chapters of St. John's Gospel, beginning with verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. This Sunday falls within the briefest of seasons of the church year, and yet it marks the inauguration of a new age. Even Christmas has twelve days. Ascension lasts from its vigil, last Wednesday evening, until next Saturday, the vigil of Pentecost. Invariably, the festival of the Ascension is on the fortieth day of our Lord's resurrection, for what is being recorded is a historical event. Just as when we celebrate the Feast of the Resurrection, we do not mark a symbolic resurrection or any such nonsense. Rather, it is precisely as St. Paul records in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, where we read, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the Twelve, After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. So now, we have celebrated a historic day, the day when our victorious Lord ascended bodily into heaven, where, as St. Mark records, he sat down on the right hand of God. There is something which is extremely beneficial to the Church in the recapitulation of these days. As there was the forty days of Lent, a reminder to the Church of our Lord's forty days in the wilderness, so now we have known the span of the forty days of the resurrection from Easter to Ascension. The world lost whatever interest it might have had in Easter as soon as the day passed. But we were used to the priorities of the world being corrupted by the darkness of the minds of men. Each day of those forty days, even in the midst of the troubles of the world in the present hour, has been an occasion for the children of God to rejoice. Now we are in the midst of the ten days of ascension, awaiting the feast of Pentecost. The words of the appointed gospel reading are words which our Lord spoke to the apostles to prepare them for that day, and they continue to tell us of the plight of the saints in this world and the glorious consolation which they have by the work of the Holy Spirit. And again, we know precisely what happened among the apostles in these days, for it is recorded in Holy Scripture in Acts, the first chapter. Following the ascension, St. Luke records, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the inner upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew... Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. 
Acts, the first chapter, indeed, tells us precisely how many were of the church in those days. For we were told the number of names was about 120. The entirety of the church could gather in one place. And as they were so gathered, St. Peter addressed them with one matter which needed to be addressed before Pentecost. And he said to them, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now, as we know, on account of his suicide, Judas was irretrievably lost to the apostolate. Thus St. Peter continued, For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men, have we, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. St. Peter and the rest of the apostles heeded that which we have heard of our Lord's words in today's gospel. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. The criteria which St. Peter proposed was not just something suggested by reason. It was according to the criteria of the responsibility for the apostolate. St. Luke records the proceedings which then followed, and we read, And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justus, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, they may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, they might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. The criteria which the church made in assessing these two men was that which Scripture set forth. But because all the apostles were immediately called, the determination between them was left to the casting of lots. But the ministry which Matthias would, by the grace of God, continue to fulfill was according to that which the Lord supplied, as St. Peter taught in the fourth chapter of his first epistle. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. The apostles would not rely upon themselves alone in the work of bearing witness. Rather, as we read, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Indeed, the Holy Spirit would continue to teach them. For Jesus declared to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, the apostles would become teachers of the church, beginning at Jerusalem, and to all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Scripture tells us of the church at Jerusalem, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that is, teaching, and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And thus the apostolic doctrine continues to be proclaimed through the holy ministry to this day. The church has no other doctrine than the scriptural doctrine. Those who would teach any other gospel teach no gospel at all. 
and it is precisely unity in that gospel which determines the apostolic fellowship. Those who do not hold to the apostolic doctrine are not of the fellowship of the church. It's really as simple as that. We must understand that the one who proclaims the word will be rejected by the world. And this brings us to the second part of the gospel lection. Jesus assured the disciples that they would bear witness and that they would suffer for the sake of the gospel. As Jesus told them, Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. The world, which refers to all who are under the sway of the devil, including the chief priests and many of the Pharisees who imagined themselves to be great teachers, rejected the Christ during the time of his humiliation, rejected his doctrine, and crucified him for his teaching. Now the apostles came proclaiming that same teaching, and the world would receive them in the same way in which it received their master. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. Those who persecute the church may imagine themselves to be on fire for the Lord, but their zeal is not godly. For rather than proclaiming God's word, they persecute it, even to the death. On this Sunday before Pentecost, it is right that we consider what comes upon the church following Pentecost. Over the course of twenty centuries, the Bride of Christ has faced peril and sword, and we will face peril and sword until the end of the age. Jesus declared, And these things they will do to you, because they have not known the Father nor me. These are words which we need to keep ever before us. And these things they will do to you, because they have not known the Father nor me. Now remember, they imagined that they knew God, but the world does not. As St. John declares in his first epistle, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And again, St. John wrote, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. By the clear word of God, all who reject the Son of God do not know the Heavenly Father. Thus, for example, the Jews and Muslims, who reject the divinity of the Christ, and thus deny that he is the Son of God, they do not have the Father. They imagine that they offer God's service, but they persecute the church. There is not a generic Masonic God to whom all men pray, because the gods of the nations are idols, and the prayers of those who worship them are in vain. But the triune God hears the prayers of those who, in faith in the Christ, pray in his holy name. In the epistle reading a point for this day, St. Peter thus warns the church, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. We need this admonition, for we are living in the age between the coming of the Holy Spirit and the return of the Son of God in glory. We are to live in a constant state of readiness, for any moment may call for us to make our good confession of Christ, be it in the humblest of fashion or through offering our life. Jesus declared, They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. Are you ready to so seal your confession, if such is required of you? 
The days when this country and culture could be imagined to be Christian have passed, at least for now. And so this question is as pressing a question as it was for the generations which came before us. Will you suffer all things, even death, rather than fall away from the faith as it has been taught to you from God's word and the small catechism? Your heart may well tremble at the thought of such a confession. Indeed, you might even become angry that the question has been asked. But the world has not changed. And it remains as Peter declared. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. But within us, the battle rages between the old man of sin and the new man in Christ. We need the deliverance which the Lord promises and gives in his word. For thus we read, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. The Holy Spirit sustaining faith in our hearts, we serve the Lord in word and deed. The Lord has caused us to be so sprinkled with water in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, so that we have been baptized into Christ Jesus, receiving a new heart by the working of the Holy Spirit in baptism. Now we live in this hope, joined to all those who have come before us in the faith. Soon, on June 6th, this congregation will mark its 135th anniversary, and yet this is but a small portion of of the time of the present age. The apostolic faith remains unshaken, for it proclaims the Christ who died and rose again for us, God in flesh, who bore our sins and made atonement for them on the cross. It proclaims the Christ in whom we have our faith, our confidence, our hope. It proclaims Christ in the anticipation of that day when he will return, and this age will end and we will enter into the endless joy of the presence of our God. In the words of Second Peter, the third chapter, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, everlasting God, make us to have always a devout will toward thee, and to serve thy majesty with a pure heart. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10 a.m. worship service with Sunday school following after the divine service. We also have our midweek services on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Salem is located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.